Counseling Those in Debt on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Today, I'm delighted to have with me Dr. Jim Neuheiser. He's the Director of Christian Counseling Programs and Associate Professor of Christian Counseling and Pastoral Theology at the Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, North Carolina. For 25 years, Dr. Neuheiser served as a preaching pastor at Grace Bible Church in Escondido, California. He's also the Executive Director of one of our training centers, the Institute for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, and he's an adjunct professor of biblical counseling at the Masters University. He also serves as a board member at the Biblical Counseling Coalition and also here at ACBC. And I love Dr. Neuheiser. Brings great wisdom to the to the discussions that we have at the board level. Uh, he's been a good friend to me. I've appreciated his his work consistently throughout the years. He's one of the one of the men who we feel like we stand on the shoulders of as the biblical counseling continues to move forward. I'm so grateful for him and his his work. He's he's written a book on this issue of debt and how to think about money and steward money well. And I, I just wanted to have him here to be able to, to talk to us about this. Dr. Neuheiser, one of the most incredible things to me is to look at statistics in our Western world, particularly in America, and to see the levels of debt in so many areas, not just student loans, housing, but so many areas where we are overspending money that we don't have. And so I think this is a very appropriate topic. Many of our people will counsel those who find themselves in debt. It may be a complicating problem to a primary issue, but it is something that is worth us knowing a little bit about and how to help people through this. So I just want to start with this question for you. Why do people get into debt? Well, there are practical reasons, Dale, and there are heart issues, and we act because of what's in our hearts. And so often people get into debt in terms of unwise and harmful debt because they want what money can buy and they haven't worked and saved sufficiently to obtain it. They often have undue optimism about the future where I'll have more money in the future. Really, a problem in our culture that I think has really been highlighted lately by the rise of inflation is we have a government that wants to spend trillions and trillions of dollars more than they take in in taxes because spending is popular and taxes are unpopular. And so they spend way beyond their means. And in the case on a national level, it means that they have, well, they benefit from inflation because then when they pay it back, it's less valuable so-called dollars. But I think they set a terrible example for the rest of us. It's, I think, also an example and the proverb says, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him is that even though God's word from the Old Testament, New, New Testament, you know, it warns us against debt. We think we can be smarter than the Bible. We think somehow there can be new modern theories of money that you can circumvent. And temporarily, you might get a buzz like with a lot of other foolishness. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's going to cost you. And so we have this horrible example of a government spending trillions and then with many, you know, everybody has more money and there are fewer goods and services to go around. There's inflation. But just as taxes are unpopular, spending is popular, hard work and savings is not fun. And yet 
owning things right now is, or even having experiences right now is pleasurable. And often the consequences can be pushed down the road is people don't think about the future. So it's kind of parallel between the national level, the individual level, and to some degree, the corporate level. Yeah, that's so true. And and just a a minuscule experience. We have teenagers in our home. Some of them are working their first real job and they're starting to see the value of money. And honestly, today, an entry-level job, to look at things that, that maybe they want to spend money on, they can't afford. And they're starting to add up, man, I got to work this many hours to pay for that certain thing that I want. And they start to recognize all the things that they enjoy doing. They don't have enough money at the end of the day. And then they they, they find themselves in a, in a choice. What do I do? Do I work harder, more, longer, or am I disciplined? And it really begins, as you mentioned, just to reveal the heart of a person into what we want and what we pursue and what we're willing to do to get it. Now, Having said that, we, we when we talk about debt, we're certainly talking about issues being motivated in our heart to do the things that we do, to make the choices that we make. But a lot of people may ask a question, is debt always sinful? You think about purchasing a home and, you know, can we really pay cash for something like that or even a car in our day and time with how much they cost? So is debt always sinful? And if not, I want to follow up with that. How might Christians wisely use debt? I love your example about the teenagers and actually what you're teaching them or what you're trying to teach them is if you see the new phone you want, you work hard, you save money, and then you take the money you've saved with so many hours at Chick-fil-A and you buy the phone. But the phone company says for $30 a month, you can have the phone now and not have to wait till you've saved the money. Mm. You don't care about the price of the phone because, well, I've got $30 a month, but then a couple of years later, it's going to be a car and then it's going to be whatever else. Mm -hmm. So that's where the temptation comes in. In terms of, is it wrong always to have debt? The Bible often gives principles of wisdom, like it's debt, the borrower becomes the lender's slave. That's a statement of wisdom. The debt is enslaving, it's dangerous. There's even, there are even verses in Proverbs about if you co-sign, your bed could be taken from underneath you. It's Mm -hmm. vivid. But it doesn't say you're sinning. You're not going to put somebody to church discipline because they borrowed money for an iPhone or a house or a car or education. I think it's something we're, we're free to do. Most of us can't pay cash for a house. Many of us could spend the money we were spending on rent for a house payment, and then it'll build equity. So debt can be wisely used. But I think you know, a, a crucial couple crucial principles would be don't use debt to give yourself a lifestyle that your income really can't afford. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're bringing in $300 a month, maybe spending 20% or let's say 30% of your income on a phone may not be the wisest thing to do in light of the need for a car, mm-hmm. education in the future. So you can use debt to overextend yourself where again, you're on a lower middle-class income, but now you've got, you're driving a new Tesla or BMW mm-hmm. You barely make the payments. And that's just unwise to live beyond your means. Another issue would be, you know, the Psalm says that the borrower, the, the, the wicked borrows and doesn't pay back. You have these pictures in Proverbs of not being able to repay debt and bad things happening to you. And so you don't want to take on debt that you can't reasonably repay. Mm. And so you know, the world would say, Buy now, pay later, you know, buy the most expensive house you can possibly qualify for. But then, you know, no down payment, 
but then if you, you know, the housing market drops, you need to sell the house, you lose some of your income, you're immediately in a situation of desperation. So you don't want to put yourself like, well, now if you buy a car, it increases in value because of inflation. But in the past, you would, you know, you spend 30000 for a car, you drive off the lot, you couldn't get twenty three for it a week later. Mm-hmm. If you owe twenty nine on it, you're upside down. So I think you want to be in a situation, if you owe money, you could always liquidate the asset quickly and pay back all you owe. And that there's a payment for the debt that fits in reasonably with the lifestyle you're trying to live rather than overextending yourself. Another principle would be, you think of education. Quite frankly, I mean, you and I both teach at seminary. Mm -hmm. Okay, I studied business in my undergraduate degree. Well, then I went to seminary, and by the time I got done with seminary, that degree made me worth one-fourth of what the business degree had been worth in terms of my earning potential. Mm -hmm. So borrowing a a great deal of money, $100,000 to get a seminary degree, when you're, you know, the first question they ask you when you get out is, how little can you survive on? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you're going to medical school and you borrow a couple hundred thousand dollars and you're going to be making six figures right out of school, that's different. And so, you know, is this debt necessary? Maybe for a house it is, for some education it is. Is it a debt I can pay back safely as opposed to overextending? Am I going to be ever in a position where I owe money I can't repay? Well, that would be ungodly. Now, we can't stop providence in terms of economic depressions, disability, et cetera, but at least to be prudent. And then the hard issue would be, am I grabbing after something prematurely instead of waiting for the Lord to provide it legitimately mm-hmm. through hard work and savings as opposed to, I want it now, even if it's in the long term unwise? I think that's brilliant. You, you just gave several really good sort of markers that we can measure the wisdom of incurring some sort of debt. It's a difference between maybe the terms that you used between prudence and, and I might add presumption because debt is some sort of presumption of what the future looks like, but it's, it's prudence in moving forward. Is this something that's, that's useful and can we be wise about it? And, and knowing the things that the Bible warns when we find ourselves in a position of debt, there are certain demands on us, we are a slave, as the scripture says there. And I think the way that you're parsing that out is very, very helpful and wise. I want to maybe finish with a, a question like this is how do we, in the counseling room, how do we help people think about reducing debt? That can just be so overwhelming, especially with some of the amounts of debt that, that people have today versus the income that they make. How do we even approach and help them to, to, to be decisive and resolved to overcome this mountain of debt that they have? I think that rather than treating the symptoms, you want to try to initially try to treat the cause, which would be how did I act unwisely to get into all of this debt? Did I want to live a lifestyle far beyond the means that the Lord has given me? Have I been discontent? You know, Paul talks about contentment in 1 Timothy 6 and in Philippians 4. Was I caught up in the world thinking that things would make me happy? These experiences make me happy. I had to keep, I had envy and my friends and colleagues were living at this lifestyle. And if those hard issues aren't dealt with, probably the debt will continue to mount. And so there may need to be repentance over the sin that got me into this situation. You know, taking on a huge amount of debt without really considering how I could fulfill my obligation to repay the debt. And so 
you would begin with repentance and then there are there certainly are practical steps you can take depending on the specific situation to increase income reduce lifestyle reorganize your debts there there are many practical steps some of those i talk about in the book to say but but if if your heart isn't right and i would also add that if you're married husband and wife need to be on the same page a lot of debt problems are also marriage problems and so if a couple is not getting along, they're not going to be able to work a budget. So we want to help you know, deal with the hard issues, and then we can go into the practical steps. I think that's that's great. I mean, so many good things that you just mentioned. I, I want maybe just one last question. I can't help myself. I, I'm going to mention the, the book, but I, I want you to give me a primary takeaway that maybe the thing that, that in writing the book that you learned the most that you want to pass on to counselors. The, the book is Money, Debt, and Finances by Dr. Jim Neuheiser. I think we'll find some really good information for us as counselors as we help people work through this issue that, that's a very common issue in our culture. So Dr. Neuheiser, I want to maybe finish with one, one thought as you think about the book and one of the ways that it can be helpful for people just very practically. Give me some of that insight that, that you learned as you wrote this book. So I think the way the book can be most useful to many people is it's raised, arranged in a question and answer format. So you don't have to read the whole book to get to the section on debt or multi-level marketing or whatever. I think in terms of a principle is just the Bible has timeless wisdom to speak to every situation. And even though you have complex economics and, you know, cryptocurrencies and Federal Reserve and banking and all this other stuff and that can seem confusing, that the principles that were true 3,000 years ago in the book of Proverbs are completely true today. And if you follow the wisdom, the word of God, you will receive blessing. And if you ignore it, you will pay the price. And when people think they're smarter than God and they've learned beyond the word of God, sooner or later, it's going to come back and cost them. And some of that we can't avoid because we're in a culture where other people are making decisions we can't control. But ultimately, as we strive to be faithful, we can trust in the wisdom of the Word of God and then share that with others. Well said, brother. Productive work here, not just on the podcast, but definitely in the book. And I would commend it to you. Again, Dr. Neuheiser's book, Money, Debt, and Finances. And this touches all of us in one way or another. So I encourage you to to get his book, read it, be encouraged, learn how to steward well from biblical wisdom. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I want to take just a few minutes to remind you of something that was released at our annual conference just a few weeks ago. We added to our Biblical Solutions booklet series, and I couldn't be more thrilled about some of the additions. Let me read some of those off for you so that you can know what we're offering. We, we hope these booklets are helpful to you who counsel. We're, we're targeting you, the counselor, to help to prepare you to engage in counseling folks who struggle with particular issues. Uh, some of the ones that we're releasing this time is, is one specifically on birth control. All young couples, particularly going through premarital counseling, need to have a good understanding of where they land on the issue of the pill, the birth control pill, post-abortive care, counsel for the dying, how not to counsel, it's a study through the book of Job and how Job's counselors missed the mark. Uh, we're talking about infertility, the issue of adoption, unwasted sorrow, 
This was a, a really interesting one. I don't know of any other that, that's on this topic, best practices for virtual counseling, which has become very popular in our modern culture. And then we also release one on postpartum depression. Listen, I'm excited about these booklets that were added to the 10 that we released from the previous year, and they're available to you as our biblical counselors and churches who offer biblical counseling as well. You can find out more about all the booklets that we have to offer at biblicalcounseling.com. Mm-hmm.